Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everyone. From the Tips on the Believe Podcast Network is sponsored by Remask. Remask produces the highest quality masks on the market today out of its factory in Los Angeles. Reusable, washable, adjustable, breathable, eco-friendly with enhanced safety features. They're perfect for families, too. Three models, four different sizes, and for companies or organizations looking to brand, yeah, they're customizable. www.remask.com. That's R-E-M-A-S-Q-U-E. Use code COLIN15 for 15% off or contact me for more info. Welcome, everyone. Episode three from the tips. We started with ESPN's Mark Spears, moved on to Golf Magazine's Josh Sens, and look who we have with us today. Perfect timing. Cal golf coach, Walter Chun. Coach, what's the last couple days been like for you? I'm going to start with that as we see my brother here, Scott, joining us from Park City, and you're out in San Ramon, California. Well, Colin, I just wanted to first thank you for having me on. Um, Mark Spears and others, I feel so honored. I don't feel like I deserve to be the the third guest on this episode, but thank you very much. Um, As you can imagine, just still on cloud nine. Um, I think I'm just waiting to, to wake up or get pinched. Uh, just from from all this, uh, I guess, all this just excitement from what Colin uh, has done on on Sunday at Harding Park. You know, it's it's a uh, it's you know all coaches and all parents really want the best for for their kids and their players, and for someone to to go out and win a PGA Championship at 23 years old, uh, I couldn't be more happy for them. Uh, along with I think the Bay Area and. Even the whole state of California, I know there's a NorCal, Southern California rivalry, but, you know, we're all taking a piece and proud of what Colin has done. You were on, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I thought I saw a post that you were on with Coach Ray on his Sirius XM show. Was that on Monday? I I was. I I was with, with Coach Ray and Kyle Gentry. So Stanford and Cal, got to bring this up. Everyone says they hate each other, but there's times when you guys actually talk and do like each other. Coach Ray, the, the head coach at Stanford. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, I gave Conrad a, a quite a bit of credit. Um, you know, he, he he got this old video that I was uh, on another, I guess, Sirius XM with Trey Jones. And uh, they asked me, what's Colin Morcow's first major championship he's going to win? And I said, the PGA Championship at Harding Park. You know, I, I felt like he's comfortable there. San Francisco is kind of like a second home to Colin. And so Conrad asked me about that. And I said, well, it's honestly thanks to a lot of what you did uh, Conrad because they hosted their collegiate tournament, the Goodwin, mm-hmm. over at Harding Park in 2018. I think Stanford was redoing the bunkers. Right, that's right. And so any coach that has access to a, a, a golf course that they're going to play quite a bit and, and see schools like Oklahoma, Stanford, and SC, you better believe I'm going to try and take the team out there to give them a little bit of an edge. And so that really just gave us the opportunity to go to Harding Park and, and play there. And even after the Goodwin, um, we just kept playing there because it. I mean, it, it's Harding Park. It was going to host a PGA Championship. It's hosted the the President's Cup. It's it's a tremendous venue, and so I just wanted to give my team the opportunity to to play there and experience Harding Park. But I gave Conrad a, a lot of credit and gratitude for him hosting it one year over at Harding. Where did you uh, watch the the tournament from this past weekend? On my couch in San Ramon, just <laughs> on my on my couch. You know, I got I've gotten some questions. You know, do you wish you were there? And of course, I I, I wish I was, I wish I were there. But you know, in hindsight, you know, any 
any coach or any professional athlete is, you know, you're on the road a lot and I've got a young family, I've got a wife and two young kids and being able to share that special moment um, with, with what Colin did on Sunday with my, with my kids and my, my wife, I think it couldn't have happened any, but any other better way, you know, again, it would have been nice to have been at Harding Park, but just to share that moment with my family, um, it was special, it was special. Have you talked to him yet? I did. I, I talked to him briefly on, on Monday and, you know, he, just to Colin's credit, you know, he, he had won the PGA championship. Who knows how long he was at Harding Park that Sunday night and who knows how many media obligations he had that following Monday. But I call him around 3.30 and he, and he picked up the phone. Granted, it was like a two, three minute conversation because I could tell how tired he was. But, you know, that's who Colin was. He could have easily declined the call, um, pushed me off to an, another another time. But he, he graciously picked up and, you know, it was a three-minute call. But honestly, two minutes of it, well, he was asking what's going on with the team. How are you guys, how are you guys doing? Are you going to play this fall? You know, what, what's it looking like? It wasn't about, Coach, let me tell you about hole 14. Let me tell you about hole 16. Let me tell you about... Uh, the Watermaker Trophy, and it's got a lid on there that I had no idea. It wasn't about that at all. It was it, he wanted to know how are you guys doing, um, how are you guys playing, how's your family, and that's just Colin's personality. He he views he cares about others more so about what he's done. Well, I going off of that, Coach, I, I posted on social media just just the other day that I contacted him. I texted him two weeks ago as he was headed to St. Jude, right? And I knew he had that. He got PGAs coming out here. All this going on, I said, hey, if, if you've got 20 minutes to get on the podcast with us, great, but I totally understand. He replied to me right away. And and I, my point in my social media post was that's the sort of person he is and the sort of character that he has is he could have ghosted me, right? He could have blown his coach off and said, I'm, I'm too busy. But he's going to at least respond. Even if it's a quick response, I got you. I heard, but this is my, my, my situation. That's pretty special. Absolutely. I actually just got a text from a, a supporter who emailed Colin, who just kind of got to know him over the years at Cal. And um, she said, you know, Colin responded to my email. And, you know, the first thing he did, he just thanked me for supporting the program. Thanked me for my time. Um, thanked me for just donating whatever it is, time, finances, um, whatever it was, support, and he, she, she was so excited that, that Colin responded, you know, and, and again, you're right, Colin, that's, that's who Colin Morikawa is. He, he'll, he'll respond um, because, yeah, he, he thinks of others. He's very, very thoughtful. Well, getting back to how he played those holes, can we talk about 16 for a minute? Um, I, I, from what I saw, players were hitting three wood for the most part on that hole, uh, at least on Sunday, seemingly with the intention of getting it up there just left of the green where maybe they could chip it close or even chip it in. But uh, did you have any, any doubt that Colin would go with driver in that situation, knowing he has such control of that fade? Or um, you know, what, what, was, what went through your mind when you saw him set up to play that hole? Gosh, um... Well, let me go. I guess I'll go back to hole 14. You know, when he when he chipped in, and that was a huge momentum swing because there were so many guys at 10 under, and you know he he's he comes up short of the green on 14, and you know he hits a heroic chip shot that you could see how his excitement and how pumped up he was 
right? And I, I really believe that that set a precedent for 16 because at that point, having the lead, whenever Colin gains a little bit of momentum, and, and you could see it back on Saturday, you know, he bogeyed 12 and 13, but he, he birdies 15, 16, 17. So he can just reel off some birdies. Um, so when he chipped in on 14, I felt like, Man, he's he's got he's got some confidence going. Um, let's see, and he hits again two good shots on 15 to give himself a chance, and then we get to hole 16, and you know it it shows that Colin was there to win it. You know he could have easily hit iron off the tee and, and give himself like a a little pitch shot or a full shot, but he was there to win it. Um, he 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 didn't want to just he, he wanted to take control of the championship. And I, and I think he felt if he could put in a good shot and give himself uh, a birdie opportunity, um, that's what he wanted to do. And it ended up, you know, it was a magical shot, landed beautifully on the front of the green and rolled up perfectly. And, you know, that's, I think that's what you got to do. I think he, I think um, Arnold Palmer has a, has a quote is like, you, you play to win, uh, you, you play to win. And there's so many good golfers. You, know, you got Dustin Johnson up there. You got Paul Casey. And, you know, at any time they could finish off birdie, birdie, birdie. And Colin, he just, he wanted to take command of the championship. He wanted to, to play to win. And all the credit to, to he and his caddy, JJ, um, for, for pulling it off and, and being confident in that shot. A couple quotes that he had post-round that really stuck out to me, and I want to get your reaction to them uh, in his post-round interviews. He was asked, was winning a major an immediate goal of his and he said of course why not if you believe in yourself I believe I can do it why not have it as one of my goals he also said it feels like this is where I'm supposed to be this feels like this is where I'm supposed to be and we're only looking forward I want to go out every single week and win that surprise you or not coming from him ah uh, no it, it doesn't uh in the sense that in talking to Conrad, one of the things he mentioned is that, you know, Conrad, as a head coach at Stanford, he's learned a lot from his best players. And I can certainly attest the same for myself, that I've grown a lot as a coach because of Colin um, and the attitude he has. And I've shared this phrase with others, but Colin has a perspective where he, he makes the unbelievable believable. And when I share that, when I say that is... Is I, I think we all know like the the statistics against making it out on the PGA Tour or the statistics of making it to the NFL or the NBA. You know the the odds are against you, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. But Colin, in Colin's mind, there are no odds when it comes to self belief. If he believes he can achieve something, then he should have that opportunity to believe in himself and make the unbelievable believable. And, you know, the like everyone's like, wow, Colin in 15 months now he's number five in the, in the world. And, you know, that's that's not common, but that's what I think the great athletes do. They have this amazing sense of belief despite the numbers, despite despite the odds. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Colin bought a lottery ticket, believed he was going to win. <laughs> And he, and he wins or he gets the Willy Wonka golden ticket, you know, that's just the kind of the belief he has. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm thankful for that as a coach. And I'm also thankful that others can see that when I say others, young aspiring soccer players, basketball players, golfers, whatever it may be that, you know, you should never have limits. And as a coach, I shouldn't have limits on Colin or any of my players or any of my team. 
And so that's why I can say that he's honestly helped me grow a lot as a coach. You know, a coach should not have boundaries and neither should parents either. You know, we should give our give our players, give our children the ample opportunity to to make the unbelievable believable. Did he have that sense of belief when he arrived at Cal or was that something that was really cultivated as he as he went through his career and 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 you know racked up the wins and no I, I think he he's he's always he's always had that you know it's it's weird that I, I get kind of recognition for what Colin has done I deflect a lot of it because it's it's what Colin has done and his his coach Rick Sussinghouse have have created this mindset and this development that um, you can you can achieve you can achieve anything and you know I I, I want to add that. You know, with all of Colin's success that he's had, he's also had his fair share of, of disappointments, right? He was just kind of reel off some things. You know, he was in a playoff as a sophomore at the, the tournament in Vegas called Southern Highlands, and he lost in a playoff to Grant Hirschman. Uh, he was in a playoff at the Western Intercollegiate at Postiempo with George Cunningham and Norman Jong, and Norman wins that playoff. Uh, I think he was in a playoff against Braden Thornberry at the Sunny Hana, and Braden wins that. He he lost to John Augustine at the Western Amateur, uh, and then he lost to John Augustine at the U.S. Amateur at, at Pebble Beach. He was uh, he was the bridesmaid at the the Ben Hogan Award in 2018, and even in 2019. And what what is what has he done with through all these disappointments? Uh, sorry, what has he done with through all these disappointments? He's bounced back, you know, the Charles Schwab, he misses a short putt and then he misses his first cut a few weeks later. And what does he do? He wins the, the Workday Championship and then he goes on to win the PGA Championship. So that's just Colin's just ability to always look at the glasses half full and, and just put himself out there. Well, his 129, that's the lowest closing 36 hole total score by a champion in a men's golf major ever. That's that's crazy to think about that he just threw himself in there as like when when you talk about the greatest weekends ever in a major now you're going to talk about Colin Morikawa and, and it's vaulted him I saw I saw this today he's 20 to 1 odds for the U.S. Open already so is Tiger and so is Xander so he's put himself in that company immediately it's crazy yeah and, and again it's just kind of you know, the statistics show that you probably shouldn't shoot 129 in a major championship, right? It's just un- unheard of or you shouldn't do that. It's it's taboo kind of to even think about a 65-64 um, final 36 holes in a major championship with all the pressure out there and how course conditions are. But he just went out and, and did his thing, was confident in what he was doing. And, you know, again, he just doesn't put boundaries on himself. It's amazing. What was it like to recruit him? I know he came out of La Cunada. Um <laughs> So it was it was tough for not just me, but also um, Coach Desimone, um, Coach Coach Ray, even Coach Freeman at UCLA. Because the thing with Colin is that we all knew he was going to be quite the talented player. Um, we knew because he had won a tournament called the Western Junior after his sophomore year, and and that's usually tournament won by soon to be seniors in high school or soon to be freshman in college. But he won that at an early age, so that put him on the map. But the thing with Colin that, um, what he did in the recruiting process, and I always joke around with, is he just went dark. He went dark from the month of November to April. No interactions with anyone. I mean, very little interactions. I would, we'd, 
I'd reach out to him through email because that's all you could do back then. No response. Coach Desmond, same thing. No response. Conrad, Derek, even I think Mike Small in Illinois, no, no response. He just went, he went rogue. He went, he went dark. He didn't feel like he needed to, to kind of play the recruiting game. I think he wanted to use that time to, to sort things out, figure things out, and just work on his golf game. And I always asked him about that afterwards. And he said, I just didn't want to get caught up in, in the whole recruiting game. I, I just wanted to work on my game. Um, I didn't want to get caught up in the limelight of what my other junior golf peers were doing. I just wanted to focus in on, on my game. I wanted to get, get better. And if, if the coaches were still willing to, to talk to me when I was ready, then I, then I felt like, you know, that could be the, the program that that's for me. And, and we all patiently waited to hear back from Colin. It, it, it was, you know, he was going to, he was just such a, a talented player, but you could just tell he was a well-spoken young man. And we all just kind of gladly waited. And when he kind of opened up the communications, it was like a, a, a horse race with all of us trying to get after it. Hey, Colin, give me a call. Give me a call. Um, but it, it was, it was a different approach that he took, but even, Back then, at a young age, he, he he felt control and he knew what he wanted to do. So that didn't put you off at all? You knew the sort of talent he, he was? I would assume some kids, if, if a kid did that, depending on the talent, you might say, well, I'm going to focus my attention on this kid now because I don't know if I'm going to ever hear back from him. But Colin, you felt like, was worth the wait no matter what. That was that, you know, I, I, when he, when he did resurface, I asked him some tough questions. Um, I can't really paraphrase. I mean, it was like six years ago, some of the questions I asked, but they were kind of along the lines of, you know, you know, why should we keep talking to you? Or, you know, you, you kind of left, you know, why, why should we kind of engage? Cause you know, relationships should work two ways, both ways. And he was very confident in his answer that he, he was very, um, like, I felt like this was what was best for me. This is what was best for me. And he was just so mature in his answers. Um, and, you know, in the recruiting process, I kind of, you kind of want to ask tough questions because that's how you get to know someone. And he never shied away from any of the questions that I had or, or Coach Des had. He just believed that this is what's, what's in my best interest. And, you know, I, I hope you can um, respect that and we can move forward from it. And the rest is history. Coach Des, he was a uh, leader of the program at Cal there for 37 years. I got to know him obviously really well and uh, when I was covering him from the TV perspective. And, and then uh, he left the program and you took it over, but you've been there. Tell people out there that don't know. I mean, you've been at Cal for a while, Coach. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this podcast is two hours long, so here, we go, here it goes. Here it goes. <laughs> No, um, so just quickly run through it. I started at Cal in 1997 as an undergrad, and then I graduated in 2001, then went to grad school at Cal from 01 to 04, and I was Coach Dez's grad assistant. And then fortunately, when I graduated from grad school in education in 2004, he asked me to be his assistant coach. So I was assistant coach from 04 to 2016, and then I was fortunate enough to, to be his, the replacement in 2016. Well, Cal has had some amazing teams in the last 15 years. And, and I want to talk about one in particular. You were obviously instrumental on this team, but tell me about the guys involved. I'm talking about that 2012-2013 team that, that lost in the semifinals but won everything. I want to say it was 12 titles that year. Uh, it, it, was, it was pretty impressive. So 
Uh, tell me about that team and, and being part of it because they were a juggernaut. Yeah, you talk uh, kind of guess this theme of the podcast is kind of making the the unbelievable believable. Um, I can't lose sight of what what those guys did. Um, and when I say those guys, those five are, are Michael Weaver, Michael Kim, Joel Stalter, Brandon Hagee, and Max Homa. And and they were they pretty much won everything. I think they only lost to three teams in the course of fourteen tournaments. Um, that team really. Um, Coach Desmond did a, a great job of, of recruiting those those five. He did a great job of motivating those five, and they just they they wanted to to make their mark not just in Cal golf history but college golf golf history. Um, and you know, it's I, I guess I guess what 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 they accomplished. I mean, it, it's it speaks volumes to to how hard they they worked, but they just. They just felt like they had an opportunity to do something special, really special. And they, and again, they didn't want to have boundaries on it. Uh, and they really used each other to, to motivate each other and, and to get better and get better and get better. Um, and, you know, what they, what they accomplished will forever be in the college golf history books. Unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't pan out for them at the, the Crab Apple course, but those guys really set a precedent, honestly, for Colin um, to, to come to Cal because he saw, wow, those guys were, they, they accomplished a lot at Cal. And, you know, Cal's an, a tough academic institution, but, you know, those guys are, I think three of them were first team All-Americans and two of them were second team All-Americans and three of them were in the Haas School of Business. So it opened Colin's eyes to like, hey, you can, you can do a lot of good things at Cal. Um, they have the resources. They have good facilities um, and there should be no limitations. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for those guys. And even, you know, when Colin has played in some, when he played in some PGA events at a young age, I think he was at uh, the Safeway open his sophomore year. And then he was invited to Bay Hill um, as a junior. Some of those guys really were kind enough to, to play practice rounds with them. Max Homa in particular really took Colin kind of under his wing to help guide him um, and make him feel comfortable sort of speak. And, and Max is a, is a great guy. I think we can all attest to how funny he is, but he really has a heart of gold too. And he's he not just for Colin, but anyone that's kind of interacted with Max and the program, they can see his genuine hope for anything he can do to help them get better or anything, any advice he can give. That's where he really values the most. He, he gets a lot of joy out of helping others and, and uh, along with a lot of other Cal golfers, but you know, those two kind of are the, the, the poster boys of Cal golf on the PGA tour. Now, when you've got a group like that, like two, like 2012 group, how does that impact your say management style? Um, how does that affect the way you, you go about, you know, coaching that a team like that? It was pretty easy. Just drop them off at the yeah. golf course, go play <laughs> golf. I'll give you a lunch. Uh, after the first round, but I, I really am thankful for those five guys because they had a rivalry amongst themselves because they wanted to finish number one uh, on the on the team for whatever that tournament was, but it never got to the point where it was um, cutthroat or demeaning in any way. It was very, very supportive. They wanted to play well, and if they got beat by another teammate, hey, that just helps the team out that much more. So I'm, I'm just thankful that they, 
they were they 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 were really a family. They were like a band of brothers, sort of speak. And there was no like ill will or I wish I had gotten more recognition or I wish so and so had interviewed me uh, longer. It was it was for them. It was a, all about the team. And if they could keep pushing each other to get better, the team would benefit from that. We've got about five minutes left here, Coach. But I know Scott and I both wanted to ask you about what's going on with you in the coaching ranks right now. Obviously. <laughs> Everything's up in the air. Pac-12 just announced football's canceled for the fall season, might do it in the spring. But from a golf perspective, you're at home, we're at home. COVID times, what's this been like for you and, and going forward? How are you trying to figure things out? Uh, it hasn't been easy, uh, but I, I, I see the big picture in, in the sense that I'm going to revert back to Colin um, because – Colin has, has always been able to, to look at the glasses half full. Whatever the disappointment was, it's made him better. And yes, it's a disappointment that we ha we didn't finish up our spring season uh, earlier this year. And it's disappointing that this fall won't take place. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, golf is full of setbacks, right? Any sport, if you're going to be the best, you're going to have setbacks. And so my my job now is to... to Put the onus back on the the players and the team and, and say how are you going to look at this as the glass is half full how are you going to use this as a golden opportunity to get better either physically or learn to learn more about patience learn more about getting more mentally tough because i can use colin i can just reel off the disappointments that he's had but how much better has he gotten from it and and again you know golf it's full of patience we we have to be patient um if you're going to be successful and I, I think it's it's an opportunity for my players to grow. You know, they're 18 to 22, maybe 23 years old, and, and they want instant results. They, they want to get out on the golf course. They want to compete, right? But, you know, we can't do that right now. So what can you do to grow and, and, and be patient? And, and I got, I kinda, I'll give this analogy to my team when I talk to them in a, in a few minutes. Is, it's like when you're a parent, right, and do you want to give your kid if who's six or seven years old, do you want to give them the, the, the video games all day long, right? The answer is no, because in the grand scheme of things, you know that that, that doesn't do your son or daughter any, any good, right? You're caring in their best interest. Despite that they want to play, they are willing to play all day long, right? But you're not. You're not going to do that because you care about their well-being, right? And it's the same with those that make the decision at the Pac-12 and even the, the Big Ten. You know, the medical group and the chancellors of the presidents, there are, I guess, our guardians and there are our parents. They know more than we do. Despite our desire to want to play, 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 they have the bigger picture in mind, and that's the health and well-being of our student-athletes. And so I can't argue that. I'll just fully support it. And my players, they they can't, they shouldn't argue it, too, because, you know, it's like a six-year-old having a video game all day. They'll enjoy it for that day, but as a parent, you know that that's not in their best interest. Right. Scott, I know one last question. We've got two minutes left here. I know you wanted to bring up Y.E. Yang for coach. Well, coach, I, I spent a good chunk of time over in Southeast Asia working for a company that was uh, representing uh, a lot of golf uh, resorts, courses, uh, hotels affiliated with them. And I saw the boom that was happening there with golf uh, firsthand. And uh, up until, obviously, this last weekend, Y.E. Yang was the, the only uh, – player of Asian descent to, to win a major. 
what impact do you think Collins' win will have, or do you think it will be any different than Y.E. Yang's win was? Ooh, that's a that's a great question, and I I think in light of all that's going on with COVID and this pandemic, golf is I think booming quite a bit. I think ratings are going sky high, um, and and I think with Collins' win, it's just going to increase the the popularity uh, of the game. I, I think. So many are going to see, um, like, I guess for a long time, golf really hasn't been up there with like football, basketball, baseball, but you know, you could see the excitement that can come out of, out of golf. And, and I'll, and I'll give you a great case in point. My wife, she doesn't, she doesn't really know much about golf, trying to explain part threes, part fours, part fives, distances, birdies, that that's tough, but even she's glued to the screen watching Colin play, whether it was at the workday or the Charles Schwab, she just gets excited for it. And I think a lot of people have been excited um, or a lot of people were excited to watch uh, things unfold at, at Harding Park. And it's only going to get better with, with golf. Um, I mean, there are a lot of kids in, in college right now and even up and coming junior golfers that are going off, going off to college that are, are going to just make the game better and, and more exciting. So I think just, seeing Colin do what, he, what he's done. But he, you could say the same for Matt Wolf and Victor Hovland, you know, uh, in, in what Victor's doing for the kids in Norway. You know, it, it's just golf is just gaining so much popularity because you can just see that there is there is excitement in the game. It might not be a buzzer beater like uh, what Kobe would do, but at least you could sense the excitement that, hey, even though it's four hours long, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting to watch. Hey, Coach, we, we can't thank you enough, man, for taking some time and, and talking about Colin and talking about what's going on at Cal and, and the program and everything. It's been fantastic having you on. Your Twitter handle, if people want to reach you there, uh, you're pretty active, at Coach Walter C. And we're going to keep that Cal Bears golf program rolling for years to come. So thanks again for joining Scott and I on From the Tips. Thanks for having me on, Colin. Scott, thank you. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Episode three from the tips. We'll catch you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.